of sitting up all night in trains, had in fact some of the most marvellous holidays in my life, and couldn't have afforded to take more money with me if I'd been allowed it, so there was no hardship there. The best adventure of the early fifties was the discovery of Club Méditerranée, just launched by the Belgian family Blitz. My cousin Barbara and I saw a little advertisement for a holiday in Corfu, costing only twenty-one pounds and decided to risk it. We had to get ourselves to Venice, where we would board a Greek ship travelling steerage in a crowd of Club Med members, all of us equipped with long necklaces of white poppet beads, issued to us when we signed on, to be used instead of money when we reached Corfu. This simple but brilliant device added greatly to the holiday's charms, because although we had paid for the beads in London— Using them instead of coins felt so deliciously carefree. Every transaction at the club's bar or at the office where we booked excursions and so on seemed to say it was free. It was early enough in the club's history for the accommodation to be in tents, yellow tents and orange tents, scattered quite far apart among the olive trees on a big estate, olive orchards and scrubby woodland, with islands of magnificent plane trees, one group sheltering the dining area, another the bar. A biscuit toss from the water, where the water-skiing motorboats took off. The air smelt of herbs. At night, the only sound was the strange cry of little scops owls. Every need was catered for with inconspicuous ingenuity. For example... If you needed to iron a garment, there was a powerpoint among the roots of one of the plane trees, which had an ironing board propped against it with an iron attached. Each time a batch of gentil membres, as they called us, arrived, they were given a little talk by the woman who ran the camp, a member of the Blitz family. We were welcomed charmingly, and given information about the amenities, available excursions, and so on. And then lectured rather sternly about how we should behave outside the club's premises. Within them, we were free to behave however we liked, but outside we must remember that we were guests of the Corfiots, who were unaccustomed to flocks of foreigners, and had sensibilities of their own which it was essential to respect. So we must dress decently and avoid rowdy behaviour, and this was important. Barbara and I were favourably impressed by this talk, an opinion not shared by the only other English people in our group, a pair of young men. On that very evening they went out, got drunk at a local bar, stripped off their clothes and ran naked into the sea. Next day they were sent home. It has not been Club Med's fault if since then tourism in Corfu has become more louche. The tents were all labelled with the names of their inhabitants, and Barbara and I were at first surprised at how many French people had double-barrelled names. The penny soon dropped. We, I think, were the only, so to speak, rogue women there. All the others were part of a couple, married or not. The place was staffed by young men hoping for a holiday in the sun where they expected plenty of girls to be available. Few were so we became perhaps overvalued by the staff. Barbara settled for a very handsome Corsican, who was a bit too macho to be easily managed. I for a rather older Belgian. Good value there, he danced a mean tango. 
but a great bore when he turned up later in London. We confined these conquests to the evenings when there was always dancing at the bar, because we wanted to see as much of Corfu as possible during the days. For that, we picked up two very respectable middle-aged Corfiots, mine being the island's chef de tourism, called, as so many Corfiots are, Spiridon, Spiro for short. Spiro's job, he said, was difficult, because there was not as yet any money for it. He had, however, been able to buy four little cypress trees, which he had just planted in such a way that when fully grown, they would most gracefully frame a particularly beautiful view. He drove us to see these little trees, and to help us envisage the lovely effect they would eventually have. It would indeed have been deplorable to offend dear Spiro's sensibilities. While this holiday made us admire Belgian efficiency,